Welcome to Podcasting Without Reasons, where ABC brings the drama. And we are bringing you some brand new, spicy, saucy new analysis. R.I.P. Mara. Or Mara, whatever. R.I.P. Just get out of here. (laughs) Homegirl was getting on my nerves for like the first 25 minutes before it was like, bye. Good Lord. Good Lord. Hi, everyone. I'm Ren by the way. <laughs> My name is Brennan. Welcome back to Podcasting for the Right Reasons, your favorite Bachelor Nation recap podcast. Uh, absolutely. Why wouldn't it be? Hello. Absolutely. Uh, so anything anything brief before we get started? Ooh, like anything about this episode? Your g- general thought. General thought. Okay. My general th- thought. The pendulum, the way that it swung, like I entered the episode and I was like, oh, Clayton's so, so dumb. He's so stupid. Also, Mara, you're so dumb. You're so insecure. What are you doing? Just get out of here. Like I saw a couple of memes that were like, um, Mara hates everyone that is under 30. <laughs> like she just cannot, she's not having it. Um but yeah, I like I said, the pendulum swung because I started off that way. By the end of the episode, I was like, get out of here, Sarah. Also, Clayton. Yes. So this was Clayton's most competent episode. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Hang on. I have to check and see if my laptop's dying. Keep talking, though. <laughs> oh, wait, it is. This episode and. Keep talking to me. You're- <laughs> Your thoughts on Mara are still accurate. Yeah. Annoying and insecure and childish. But like, this was not a bad showing from Clayton in today's episode. He was very, he was very decisive. He really was. Sorry for the ruckus, by the way. (laughs) And he was able to make a, a a couple of semi-decent decisions. Yes. Like that's where I was. Gosh. Guys, don't start a podcast without plugging in your laptop. It's just not advised. Okay. All right. I'm back. Okay. Anyway, yes, totally agree. Um, the most, like, he laid down the law, and I was proud of him. I, I'm going to have a hot take about Sarah when, by, at, near the end, so we'll get there. Okay. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm here for it. Because good old Sarah, do you think she had us fooled? I don't, I don't think she was that bad. That's your hot take? Spoiler alert. It was that I think some of the girls took advantage of a situation to get rid of someone who was a serious threat. Hmm. Okay. I was confused about how, why this escalated the way that it did, how it escalated. And I was like, wait, so you guys have been feeling insecure for how long? And just suddenly it's like, you know, like she confidently, apparently, (laughs) I just love the, the fact that Teddy and Rachel were like, she just like started telling us intimate details. (laughs) <laughs> like what's this like she just walked in and was like yeah so he stuck his tongue in my mouth 
and held it there. <laughs> what was how was she how much was she revealing? Was she also just trying to see? She's probably trying to like weed out the weaklings. Like, how long can you listen to me tell you awkward things? <laughs> and like that's that's part of what to me didn't make a lot of sense. It it was weird. The it turn went, of events was so weird. It was it went from nobody has a problem with Sarah to out of the blue, everyone has a problem with Sarah. Right. Like when they were all sitting in that room and she comes back and she's making her little speech, you know, because spoiler alert, she gets the road. She comes back. Obviously, we saw it last week. But when she marches right in there and she's just like, that was a bitch ass move, but you're going home, (laughs) you know? And so, yeah, like the look on their faces though, as they sat there and they just listened, like I thought they were going to be like, who said this? Oh my gosh. Or they were going to be like, girl, Mara, it was you. <laughs> like, and Mara, like, her looks, she was not trying to hide anything. The way she was like, I'm a drop kicker. <laughs> Straight up, a drop kicker. Okay. We're right. Gonna, we're going to too much into this. Okay. So we start this episode as Sarah is returning to the hotel from her one on one. She has her brighter tears. She's like, she is. She is ready to fight. She shows up back to the room, opens the door, says something was brought to Clayton's attention in an effort to tear our relationship down. But to be honest, it only made it stronger. It's no one's place to tell Clayton what they think I am ready for. I hope that you know you can tell me. I hope and I hope that you can tell me who brought it to him. Which, I mean, she was right. It's nobody's, it's nobody's business to be like, I would be mad if somebody was going around telling people what I was ready for. Yeah. I'm like, that's not for you to say. So you can't be like, um, oh my gosh, what was Nate's, or was it Nate, his his stepdad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't ready to be engaged. Right. He's like, mm, well, you can't be Nate's stepdad. All right. Don't be telling people what I'm ready for. But you don't know Sarah. At least Nate's stepdad has a reason to think that he knows Nate. Right, that's true. So it's not like, yeah, there's like several degrees separation. Right. So eventually, Mar- after a long, awkward uh, camera shots, Mara so says, I- awkward. Why? I was like. They have to let it build. Eventually, Mara says, I talked to him about how I feel felt about the situation. That it was wild to me that one person would get two one-on-ones when two people hadn't gotten one. And that's that. I've been here since day one, ready for an engagement. I don't know what you're here for. First of all, Mara, he didn't ask you out because he doesn't want you to be here anymore. Right. How are you going to be like, I'm here. I've been here since day one here for him. Like, come on, girl. Come on. You may have been here since day one, ready, ready for him. He does not want you here. And he would prefer it if you just decided to go on your own. We knew that he didn't want her there when she stole him away from, I don't remember who it was, but when she was like, I'll give you some real sauce. I'm going to give you some real sauce. Like, and he was like, okay. Like I knew then I thought the girl was going to go home that night. She should have gone home that night. And then it was even made it more clear when she shared her thoughts on Sarah and she got a hug out of it. Absolutely. And then Sarah, Sarah responds saying, Clayton identified this as a last-ditch eff- last effort by someone who feels like they're going home. 
<laughs> I'm just like, I, I don't remember. She labeled it a Hail Mary. I'm just like, I don't think you said that at all. Right. I was wondering, I was like, ah. I literally thought about that. I was like, I don't remember that moment. But, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I forgot it's been seven days. But I too was like, when was that though? <laughs> I'm led to believe that Clayton is like, yeah, don't worry about it. This is the last dish ever by somebody who's going home anyway. <laughs> never say that. Never say that. <laughs> I wish they had cut back, like rewound, cut back to that scene. And it's just Sarah's voice, just like I did, like added into <laughs> the footage. <coughs> oh my gosh. Mara says that that's great. And Sarah walks away. And then she tells us how Hope Mara will enjoy her middle seat on a flight home drinking cheap wine. She heads to the Jersey Turnpike. These people are so specific in their insults. <laughs> what? Her middle seat? I'd be like, how dare you curse me with that? Do not. <laughs> I'll go down the turnpike, but do not. Put me in a middle seat. My God. It has <laughs> just been incredible. I like, I, you know, did she say that all in one take or did she mess it up and she's like, hang on, I got a good one. Rewind. Let's do that over again. <laughs> I feel like she, I feel like she just wrote, drove right through it. I hope so. I hope so. Oh, meanwhile, our girl Gabby is clearly displeased with everything that is going on with everything. I'm not going to lie to you. When Gabby was crying at the fighting on episode two, I'm like, Gabby is not long for this world. And she's so far as long for this world. Like, we straight up talked about it. Also, do you guys hear my, my AIM uh, text message? Did you hear it? No. Are you too young for the AIM? Did you use it? I don't think AOL, so. AOL Instant Messenger? I don't think so. I hope that one of you millennials out there just heard me get two texts and you're like, oh my gosh, is like the boy I like logging on? Gosh, I can't believe you don't know that sound. Gosh. Anyway. Yeah. Why yelling at me? But Gabby, back to Gabby. I remember like the second episode when we both were like, no, she needs to get out of here. What is this? What is this? What's her, what is she doing? Why is she crying? What's that voice? Now I'm like, Gabby, every time, every time something happens though, she's always like. (laughs) I know two things. I was wrong about Gabby and I want to play poker with Gabby because she, I'm taking all Gabby's chips. She, homegirl cannot keep a straight face like everything she feels is right there but that crying though back to that the episode two crying though. <laughs> okay so we get to the cocktail party for the first episode for for the week in croatia uh i was very confused by this at first it made more sense later there was like three girls wearing red and i didn't get it and then later on they told them somebody said that clay that red is Clayton's favorite color. Yeah, um, Serene said that. Yes, because yeah. Susie's dress was red for her date. Yeah. Like, oh, red's his favorite color. So th- it makes more sense why at a cocktail party with 12 girls, a quarter of them are wearing red. I actually didn't even realize it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
because when, when Mara and Sarah were talking outside and yeah. they were all like looking out the window, mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot of girls wearing red. Why are they so why are there so many wearing red? And that makes sense. Yeah. The cocktail doesn't. party. Uh Serene and Clayton have a moment. And then Serene back in their one-on-one told Clayton that uh he she used to collect fireflies with her cousin who passed away. And then Clayton had the producers get a jar and fill it with string lights and made it look like it was fireflies in a jar. I'm so sorry. I love string lights in a jar. Like, I love them, you know? If a man gave me string lights in a jar, I'd be like... I bought these at Target and I bought the mason jars from Michaels. It's not, already- about, it's not about the gift. It's a sentimental value, Ernie. Clayton, <laughs> I really think that A, she will not win, but Clayton's very into her. And B, oh, yeah. I do think that Clayton may have had the idea and someone else did it, but I think he had the idea. Oh, yeah. I think he had the idea. Because no no producer is going to be like, go to Target and get those $5 string lights. You know, get some jars. I know this because I bought mine at Target, okay? They sit in my room. I'm not against the jar and the lights because I have them in my apartment. I love fireflies in a jar. And I get it. Like you said, it's the sentimental value. It's the meaning behind it. But when he gave her that jar and she said again, no one's ever done something like like this for me. I was like, she thinks that he shut down the amusement park. Also, like no one's ever gone to Target for you. (laughs) Stop it. You will not be like this. It It is not only A, the sentimental effort, but B, the thought that he was... She was on his mind for him to think about this. I know. Okay. I know. And I say all of this, everyone, but if a man did give me a jar of string lights, because I have so many, I'd probably be really excited about it because I'd be like, you know that I love magical things. Okay. So the more I poop all over this, the more I'm like, but I totally would have ate that up. Okay. So I think she's going to self-eliminate though. I don't think that he'll send her home. I think she, that she will be like, nah, whatever he's going to do later on that everybody loses their freaking mind. I think that Serene will be like, I am too, I am too good for this world. Bye. I don't think she makes it that far. Oh, I have no more water. Really? I don't, I think she, I think she goes home next. What? Oh, I let th- me remember who is still there. <laughs> What? I think I think she I think somehow the the rise of Gabby will force her out. Okay, no. I think that Gabby, I think that Gabby has risen to the heights that she's at. I think that she's she's gonna plateau now. She's funny, she's quirky, you know, um, she's normal and it's great. But I think that this goes so far because I read something just a few minutes ago while we were like preparing for um, all of this. Um, I saw somebody was like, 
Clayton, Clayton is shallow. At the end of the day, Clayton is shallow. And I think that Clayton is going to be like, <laughs> everybody's going to be like, everybody go home, where's Shanae? <laughs> Uh, Serene lets us know that she thinks she's falling in love with Clayton, but she has not told Clayton this yet. I was so glad that she, like, went, she kept moving forward and said it. She didn't just tell us. Because so often people just tell us, and then they're like, I should have just said something. Like Ben to Tasha. Yeah. All the time, right around. Too late, Ben. Next, we are pulled away from the uh, the nice moment to have another producer force confrontation between Mara and Sarah. Mara and Sarah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mara, Mara lets Sarah know that her comment was insensitive and a little ignorant. There was no reason to pull her aside again. No. And then she's saying she's acting as if Clayton is a trophy to be won. I don't really think so. No. And then uh, apparently she also claimed that some of the other girls are in between filler. <laughs> All of this is very random. And she mirror finishes up with confidence is great. Overconfidence is not cute. And that's kind of where you're headed. It would behoove you to take a little step back in your comments. First oh of all, goodness. I've never heard anyone under the age of 40 say behoove. Really? I mean, I'm, sometimes I use it, but I've never heard anyone else of like... You're like, like, sometimes I use it, and you're in your 20s. <laughs> okay, but I'm weird. I'm, okay, I should. I would like to rephrase it. I've never heard of someone under the age of 35 say behoove. Again, you're under the age of 35. <laughs> I don't count, because I don't hear myself say it. I say it. <laughs> I was like, once again... Once again, you didn't even know the aim text tone that I have. And you're like, nobody under the age of 35. Like, that's you, bro. It's not not very commonly word. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. Side note, the the overconfidence may not be cute, but Sarah is, so that makes it work. Again, this is you always like making an excuse for the cute girl. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to be with her. She's uh, she's not she's not the top of my list. She's she's very much not. But, <laughs> geez, I'm just saying. <laughs> um. Yeah, I did not. They must have done a hard edit on the overconfidence that she was doing because I did not see it. I just didn't I just didn't catch that vibe that what she was doing in the house until the other night. Because they're talking about this on the vile files and they're asking Nick, like, how much time are the girls like not mic'd up? Because mm-hmm. he they're just like, maybe this is all happening off camera and off mic. And he goes, basically, if they're awake, they're mic'd. Ugh, I would hate that. So, like, there's not as if, like, unless Sarah is making all of these side comments that are making all these girls feel uncomfortable, and, like, the moments here or there where they're off camera and off mm-hmm. mic, then it's just, like, then they're either not showing it or it's not happening. 
Right. That's what I just didn't, I didn't understand because then when the stuff comes out and like, we'll, we'll get to it. But like the stuff that the other girls say that she said, I'm like, when was this? What? Cause I feel like that would have been good TV to see somebody come in and say things like that. Cause then it's like, so meanwhile, while we're trying to get Shanae out of the house, also, I feel like if Sarah is in fact the way that she is, they, the two-on-one should have happened between Sarah and Mara. Like, Shanae, just get her out of there, you know? Because that two-on-one was a dud. Yes. So wasted on the most ridiculous person in the house. And I'm so sorry, but the lamest person in the house. Genevieve wasn't doing crap. Genevieve was very sweet. She's very, she's very boring. All right. <laughs> Girls never said anything. What was there for her to say? Clearly, he didn't like her. I mean, but you can do other things. Like, he can't. Like, look, look at Mara. Clearly, he don't like her, but she's going, she's talking all the live long day. She's saying all stuff. I just don't think Genevieve is like that. Mara's clearly like this. This is Mara's personality. Well, Genevieve shouldn't have been on TV then. <laughs> I'm so mean this episode with oh. the fireflies and like saying Genevieve shouldn't be. Who am I? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. We're moving on. Uh, we get a, a side view of another camera of all the girls watching them fight from outside. I was, this is where, this was the turning point for me because when they were reacting the way that they were, I was like, whose side are they on? I generally didn't know. I was like, you know, are, are they like, whoa, hey, Mara's like saying some crazy things. But then when they were like, Mara's kind of sticking up for us because Sarah has been this way. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I feel like sometimes you have a situation with someone where you don't realize that that person sucks yeah. until the light is the the switch is flipped, and then you see everything you, they do through that prism. Yeah, yeah, and that you, makes you, sense. You hear Rachel say, "Last night we all felt uneasy about the way Sarah presented things. It did kind of seem like it was her and Clayton against the house." Yeah. So maybe when they were just like, "Oh, this is weird," and she's like, "You know what? She did say this to me." And then they're like, you know what? She is overly confident. Maybe they didn't think about what she was doing and saying as malicious until she like saw saw Sarah get defensive and attack Mayor in front of everybody. And then everything she and then they looked at everything she was doing and saying in the past weeks that yeah. wasn't really seen as malicious before was seen as malicious now. Yeah. I could see that, but it's just interesting the way that they were able to work recount other details in the past and then to be like you know what I have been feeling insecure for weeks now that I come to think of it because of her because that was something that one of them said they were like I was ready to go home and I've been feeling this way and blah blah and I didn't know why or something until I thought about it I'm like you didn't know why well it's because they may not like that's what I'm saying like I I don't think they knew I don't think they really thought about Sarah being manipulative even even Gabby said that she didn't think she didn't really think about the fact she yeah. that what Sarah was doing was malicious until she thought about what happened that night 
Yeah, I think, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. Because, yeah, they were saying that, like, she was like, I don't think she knows what she did was wrong or what she said was wrong. And then she was like, right? Well, but you can't, you can't keep doing that and not know. So I, I get what you're saying. It could be just a simple thing of she was getting into the competitive spirit of this, which is perfectly normal. And then she saw someone who she thought was not only immature and insecure, but also weak, mm-hmm. attack her for no reason. She snapped. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, screw this. I got the second one-on-one. We have a great connection. Screw you guys. Yeah. Because the longer this goes, the less this turns from, the easier this turns from fun to competition. And maybe Mara going after her just made her snap. Yeah, something happened because apparently her manipulation was so subtle that you're right. Like they said, we didn't even realize it for weeks. <laughs> she wasn't. So you don't think she was manipulating? I think she was treating this like it is. This is a TV show competition to win somebody's heart. But so- do you think she was manipulating to win his heart? Like she was saying things that she knew would make them feel bad about themselves, but it may be in a way that it was like, oh, hmm. I think she was trying to find competitive, a competitive advantage in the inefficiencies. She was saying, I can't make Clayton like me more, but I can make the girls think that he likes me more. That's something. I mean, I don't... I don't think it would be good on a show like this, but if that's what I was, if I was going to be on a show like this, that's what I would be doing. You'd be good on like Big Brother or something. <laughs> I, I would be trying to quietly undermine people. Not in a way that got me in the news, like what <laughs> she was doing. Yeah. She was being too, uh, too outrageous about it, which is a quiet, like a quiet nitpick. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe he does like Sarah more than me. Because if Rachel's feeling that way, then everyone else clearly has to be. I mean, that's true. Yikes. But yeah, so Sarah and Mara. Is it, is it Mara and Mara? I never, I can't remember. It's like Mara, like Marinara. Okay, okay. So it is Mara. So Sarah and Mara going at it because then when she's like, wait, do you have more to say? And she's like, or, or do you want to continue? And she's like, yes, actually. And I was like, okay, wow. So this fight is going to go on for for another five minutes. <laughs> and I love how the cameraman is clearly just like, let me go back in. <laughs> seeing the vantage point of the girls looking out the window and then seeing the cameraman just like up in their faces is hilarious to me. So uh, after this interaction, everyone kind of heads back inside. And uh, Jesse calls for the rose ceremony to start. So just a reminder, Genevieve, Teddy, and Sarah, sorry, Teddy, Sarah, and Rachel are safe. Teddy and Rachel from the one on Teddy and Sarah from the one-on-ones and Rachel from the group date, because obviously Rachel got the group date, Rose. And then joining her, joining them are Susie, Serene, Gabby, and Genevieve. Sending Mara, sending Mara and Eliza home. Yep. Wasn't shocked about Mara. And I, Eliza, I mean, Eliza is so sweet, but like she kind of, she peaked and then she kind of went to the background. Yeah, I, 
I really liked her, but I wasn't surprised either. No. Because everyone else was just doing something. Yeah, yeah. Was doing nothing. Like she she was doing less than Genevieve, and Genevieve was doing nothing. <laughs> See? Genevieve wasn't doing anything. I mean, like, I get it. Like, it sucks. But like, yeah, she wasn't doing anything. Like, she needed to be doing something. Mm-hmm. I still think she's gonna, we're going to see her in paradise. We probably will. We probably will. Doing nothing on the island. <laughs> Clayton and the ladies are heading to Vienna, Austria. And then while they, when they get there, they get a date card for Susie. And it's time for the shopping spree pretty woman date. Gosh, the pretty freaking woman date. As soon as, like, when she got in that car and they were like, where, where are we going? Blah, blah. I was like, they're going shopping. We can see it from a mile away. And what we were talking about, that chart that you had seen and I had seen it um, as well, the record of every time a pretty woman date happens and it shows, like, how close they've gotten to first or what 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 did they place? Do you have it pulled up? So yes, this is from Bachelor Data, the Instagram page. Really interesting stuff. They do uh, kiss checks. They do uh, screen time checks each week. So obviously, the last pretty woman date was Matt. Mm-hmm. He gave it to Rachel. Ended up getting engaged. Ended up winning. Who ended up winning the season? They're still together. They're at All Star NBA All Star Weekend this past weekend. Uh, in 2019, Colton did it. He gave it to Kaylin. Who ended up going what fourth? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, in 2018, Ari gave it to Becca, who mm-hmm. ended up engaged and then broken up with. In That's 20- exactly the first time. Like when Susie was shopping, I thought of Becca and I thought of Rachel. Yes, and I was like, Whoa. Uh, in 2016, Ben Higgins gave it to Becca, who went home in week seven. I forgot until this chart. I was like, wait, that's wrong. I forgot that Becca Tilly showed up and wanted to join Ben Higgins season because she was in Farmer Chris's. She was Farmer Chris's Farmer Chris's pick, but she wasn't ready. Like she was like, um, I don't know. And so then he picked, was it Whitney? He picked another girl and then they broke up. Um, but yeah, I totally forgot that Becca Tilly showed up on Ben's season. Somebody's always showing up. So people are always showing up. In 2015, the just mentioned Chris Souls gave it to Jade, who went home in week eight. I love Jade. Juan Pablo gave it to Renee, who went home in week eight. Surprisingly, Sean Lowe gave it to a girl named Leslie, who went home in week three. Because <laughs> they had the pretty woman date too early. Yeah, you, you can't do you can't do it that early. No, they don't have favorites yet. Uh, Brad Womack. In season in 2011, gave it to Chantel, who went home in week seven. And in 2007, when he was bachelor the first time. Oh my gosh, the first time. Who went home in week six. And then Jason Mrezna gave it to Natalie. I never liked Natalie. And then she went. Oh yeah, you watched the whole season. That's right. You binge watched the entire thing. Now we have Andrew Baldwin gave it to Tessa, who ended up winning. Byron, I don't know who Byron is. He gave it to Mary, who ended up winning. There was a Byron? 
I think so. I think I'm reading that properly. Byron Velvet. Oh, I think that was the one in England. They, they got like an English guy and did the whole thing in England. Our bachelor? I think so. Well, I wasn't watching that. <laughs> I'm like, wait, hang on. And then the only really other major one was Aaron Burgess, who gave it to Helene, who ended up winning. So basically, they they recap it by saying 14 recipients of the Pretty Woman date made it to the second half of the season, while three didn't. Of the three that didn't make it to the second half of the season, two were eliminated on the date. Only one became Bachelorette. Five of the women who won, five of the women won, but three of those women were from the early 2000s, so the first 10 seasons. So yeah. five women who have gotten the Pretty Woman date have won their season. It's a good track record. As it's soon as I track. saw her going shopping, I was like, ooh, Susie is in the running. Yeah. Also, that shopping date, though, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, the pretty woman date is so over the top. And bless her heart, Susie's so sweet. But why Why would you walk back into the hotel to show everyone your stuff. You don't have a choice. And then it's like, are those Louboutins? And then, oh, yep, the red the red bottom of the shoe. Like, oh my gosh. These girls handle it so well. Yeah, no, they did. They did, for sure. They were all very sweet. They were all very supportive. And they were like, oh, that's good for you. Yeah. Like, these girls are going to be friends for life. They're going to share. Yeah. If anyone's going to be able, if anyone in that room is able to fit the things that Susie got, then she's going to share. And then the guy, then the guy coming in and being like, uh, Miss Susie? <laughs> okay, so let, let's jump back to the beginning. Uh, they arrive at the, they arrive at a restaurant, a, a store, not a restaurant, a store, where they try a bunch of things on. Uh, they get a bunch of bags, which I'm confused by the bag situation. Right. Store has like 15 different types of bags. Okay. Normally, if you go shopping at a store, they have different sizes of just one bag. So do you think they went to multiple places? I think that this show is BS. <laughs> I just think I went to multiple stores and they just, they filmed at the one that, they filled at like the one or two that had like the best setup for filming. Or do you think they just gave her more bags to make it look like she went shopping at all of these places? No, I think they, they gave her the stuff. They're not going to, ABC is not so cheap that they're going to just pretend that like she got a bunch of stuff. I mean, not so cheap, but logistically, come on. And COVID is still happening. But it wasn't at the time. It wasn't? This was between Delta and Omicron when everyone's masks were off. Everyone was eating inside at restaurants. Okay, that makes sense. Because literally when they walked into some of those stores, I was like, is no one wearing a mask? Like, pandemic me is like, does the pandemic not exist in this show that I'm watching? This is like October. Okay, that makes sense then. That makes sense. This was like, Delta was done and we're just like, oh, it's over. Like, we're done. To be clear, though, I never thought it was over. 
I thought it was done. I was like, I'm a mask up for another year at least. No. I think it's done this time. You do? I don't think it's done, but I think we're past the point where we can continue to let it hamper how we live, dampen how we live our lives. I don't know, man. I, I think we have to learn to live with it. A lot less people are getting fatally ill with it. And it's going to be like the flu where we just deal with it every year. It is what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still not going in a lot of crowds yet. I'll go in all the crowds. I don't care. Uh, so they go shopping for a while, then they end up leaving. And then they go to meet Austrian designer Eva Polachinsky. I keep thinking that they're saying Eve Pulaski, which does anybody out there watch Killing Eve? Sandra O. Oh. Every time when they said her name, I was like, Eve Pulaski? Eve Pulaski? Oh my gosh. And then I just really wanted to watch Killing Eve. So I might just go back and binge that just because Susie went shopping. Sure. It's a good show, by the way. You should totally watch it. I probably won't. I'm very busy right now. It's the height of competitive the Fortnite season. I'm just too busy right now. I thought you were going to say it's the height of the pandemic. Like, I'm, I'm very busy. <laughs> it's the height of competitive the Fortnite season. <laughs> uh, so they do some shopping. She has some, she tries some dresses on from the designer. Susie says this date feels like a fairy tale. If ever there was a moment to celebrate you and then Clayton says, if ever there's a moment to celebrate you for being the individual that you are, that's what today is about. Oh. And Susie says, I just feel like today just brought us so much closer. He made a point to tell me that what he sees in me, and that is why I think it meant so much. She's super sweet. I do think she's super sweet. Um, she oh. also just is Hannah Brown. <laughs> no, I don't... I. There are definitely some things about her besides her look that remind me of Hannah. It's yeah, a slight southern charm. It's the bubbly attitude, but I really think I don't know if there's the spark between them. No, in in Susie. Oh, as it was with Hannah. I don't think there's that inner fire. Yeah. That. Hannah was so famous for once we had her as the Bachelorette. Yeah, I don't know if Susie has that. Susie's a lot more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's a lot more low key. Yes. Um. Yeah. Whereas Hannah is just like a firecracker. And my concern about Susie is even that everyone sees so much Hannah. Yeah. They're going to expect when she becomes our natural bachelorette. You, because you really is. think it's Susie? I think that they're just so enamored. They're giving her all the advantages. Yeah. The woman date, they're giving it, they gave it to Susie because they couldn't give it to Rachel. It was too yeah. obvious to Rachel. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the thing is I would have thought that Rachel would have gotten the pretty woman date. I, I didn't expect Susie to get the pretty woman date. I... Don't think he's not going to pick Susie. I don't. This might be a spicy take, but I don't want it to be Susie because of the Hannah B comparisons. I want it to be because I want to see that if she has what nobody thought Hannah had. Mm -hmm. Because if you remember, nobody wanted Hannah. 
I did. The majority, 90% of Bachelor Nation did not want Hannah. Yeah. They were calling for people for past seasons. Mm-hmm. Before that, they're like, please do not give it to Hannah Brown. They gave it to Hannah Brown, and up until like week two or three, people didn't want, didn't like it. Yeah, because they were mad at her. Yeah. My concern with Susie is as much as I want her to do well, my concern is that they're going to expect Hannah Brown, which is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Because Hannah Brown, as they mentioned on the Vile Files yesterday, is on the Mount Rushmore of best bachelorettes ever. She really is. Like, she really is. She just has a natural, it's her personality. It's who she is. It's just like in her. It's the charisma. Mm-hmm. It's the intensity. It's the charm. Yeah. Brown just had so many things that I don't want Susie to be expe- put on the pedestal of being Hannah, being just looking like Hannah Brown, sounding like Hannah Brown. And then not be Hannah Brown and then people be disappointed because she wasn't. And I think that that is what would happen. I do. And that would be my biggest fear if they make Susie the Bachelor. Yeah. I think I would really enjoy more Susie. Uh-huh. It's just my fear for Susie. Susie's, Susie's great, but I do think that they are pushing her in a way that I'm like, come on. Like, because they let, her do the, they let her do the clock tower yeah, and if they wanted her to get caught doing it, she would have been caught. Exactly, because she could have. Because it could have caused an issue. Yeah. But they gave her. They gave her the opportunity after a stressful day with Mara, for her to be the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. of that day. And they're just like, "Hey, we're going to give you this opportunity." And no one's even going to know you were gone. Right. And so that's basically three dates. Yeah. Like, that's what's crazy to me. And the fact that it was never mentioned, it was never even an issue. Like, it was just a date that happened. And then she got that time to be like, I'm falling in love with you. Yes. Like, and that's it. Like, nobody was like, do you know where Susie was last night? You know, and like not necessarily hating on her, but just being like, hey, I'm really sad because like he really does like, oh, this Susie thing. Like we love Susie, but blah, blah, blah. You know, there's none of that. It literally is ABC. I I think ABC is just like, oh my gosh, she looks like Hannah. She's the second coming of Hannah Brown. Meanwhile, Hannah Brown is like. (laughs) I'm, I'm the only one. Right. Like that, that would be weird to me if somebody looked like me, did the same, had the same like franchise, she's in the same franchise as me. And then they're trying to make her be the next version of me. Like, I'd be like, can you not? (laughs) Can you just let me be me and find somebody else? So, yeah. But there's so many memes out there that are just like, she's like copy paste, you know? So that's why I think ABC will see her clear. I don't know. I think it's just too obvious. ABC is so stupid, though. <laughs> Unless they decide to sponsor us in any way, then I take back what I said. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want an ABC sponsorship. I don't want to have to be curtailed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so- ABC is so dumb, though. They like, uh, they always, people ask for something. People ask, they build like, surveys and all the stuff like crowds are like we want this person we want this person abc's like wait who 
wait, you want that person? What about this guy? He's the new bachelor. And you're like, I swear. What? So ABC is just, I don't know. I don't know. So like you said, she arrives back at the hotel, drops off all her stuff in her room. Gabby moans, I'm so jealous. Her date sounds like a dream scenario. And as she's dropping off the bags, the bellhop arrives with her fancy Eva Polinsky dress for the evening. Susie puts it on and says, I feel like a princess for real. And she feels like a princess for real because she looks incredible. Yeah, she was really also, pretty. Her hair, I don't know what she does, but her hair is always the same and it's always perfectly done, no matter what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, I'm kind of over Susie the more we talk about it. <laughs> I mean, you can be over Susie if you'd like. Uh, so she arrives at the, uh, the what seems to be some sort of palace for the evening portion of their dinner in a, in a vintage Rolls Royce. I did really like that car. It's always fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Susie lets us know that her parents came from a humble upbringing and that basically it was just that like we were, I never had the opportunity to be this because I was, uh, I didn't have financial opportunity to, to do this. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, pretty normal. I love what she was saying about her dad, though, like how her dad is like her biggest cheerleader and he just the way that he looks at her and it's just like, you can do anything like that is so important in a father daughter relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in any sort of parental relationship, but like father daughter, uh, like that is it's that's so wonderful to hear her talk about that. Yeah, uh, he gives her the rose. So she's heading to hometowns and I think she is here to stay until the bitter end. I don't know. In the room where they have Chris DeBerg singing his famous song, Lady in Red. When he started singing that, I heard his voice first because I kind of checked out whenever he was singing. But then when I heard his voice, I was like, wait, is this the Lady in Red guy? And then I then it clicked that she was wearing red. And I was like, oh my gosh, they got the real Lady in Red guy. <laughs> He's like the most famous singer that was on the season. <laughs> Most famous singer, I think, on most seasons. Right? I was like, wait, that's the real guy. <laughs> Top five biggest, like, most, like, one of the top five bigger names that this franchise has ever had as a musical act. Like, to do, the, not, like, part of, like, a concert where, like, that's part of the date. Yeah, yeah. Like, for this private thing, has to be up there. Yeah. Because he's like an actual person that people know. Right. Like he sang, it's not like, it wasn't like a cover band singing the song. It was him. (laughs) He's like, this is my song. So good for Susie though. Good for Susie. She is really sweet and she does. Like I would at least hope that Susie gets on the island. I don't want her to be the next bachelorette, but I do want her on the island. I want her to find a good guy. If she ends up on the island, she is the Serena P, the Hannah G, the catch of the island. Oh, yeah. She's going to be the catch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How old is Susie? I think mid-20s. Okay. She's not 23. 
because Mara would be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill that. <laughs> I think she's like 26, 27. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was like mid 20s. Uh, gotcha. We get the date card for the final group date. It is for Sarah, Teddy, Rachel, Gabby, and Genevieve. All right. Game on. And it is a. That means Sabine gets the last one on one or another one on one. Yep. And then we get a. The date card only has a quote from Sigmund Freud how bold one gets when one is sure of being loved. Oh, man. This date. This date killed me. <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> let's go right here and do uh, news and notes. Yes, news and notes, news and notes. All right. So I sent you a message the other day. Um, let me find it. You guys may or may not have already heard, but our favorite Bachelor contestant, just kidding, um, Demi Burnett announced that she has been diagnosed as autistic. Now, she like, so she posts this. And she um, makes a comment, which I, I do definitely agree. She says, there is a huge stigma when it comes to autism. And I encourage you to be open-minded and accepting. 100%. Totally agree. What do you think about this news? That Demi Burnett, Demi of all Demi's, Demi not Lovato as her, her Instagram handle is, um, is, autistic were you were you shocked by this were you like that makes sense you know the more I read about autism I will say like it comes in all forms so there's a spectrum yeah I mean yeah I mean if you really think about it kind of most people are on the autism spectrum and just some people are so low that it doesn't really register yeah remember early early this year she had like a a series of tweets about her mental health struggles. Yes. And I, this is probably what it was about. Yes. I, I thought about that. A mental disorder, like not even like, not depression or anxiety, which are very common, but mm-hmm. a true like genetic disorder mm-hmm. that causes her to be the way she is. Yeah. So at first, I will say, like, I, I was like, what, what, Demi, what are you doing? You know, and I, this sounds terrible because I don't think that anybody should ever try to like use something to capitalize off of something else. And I feel bad for this, but I did like my reaction was like, really Demi, you know, and then I was like, that's really terrible because like if she again what the road would be like Ernie chill out <laughs> but I know I'm like on I'm on it tonight but Demi because Demi's so over the top you know and she's like every time she's always like she has a storyline or she is trying to do be this or that and then I got to thinking I was like well maybe Maybe that has something to do with it. You know, maybe she's trying to figure that out. Maybe she's trying to mask something. Um, And I really did appreciate the things that she posted about autism too, because she posted, um, uh, what was it? She posted like um, 
memes that gave different information about it, like the the spectrum, the autism spectrum wheel. She posted some stuff about um, just things that you can nine ways to support an autistic person, the definition of ableism, autistic traits versus autistic trauma, you know, and so it was really educational, you know, and so I was like, okay, I don't have to like Demi and it, I'm, I'm with Demi. She's another pendulum swing for me because I can really not like her because she made fun of that. She made fun of that old girl and their season. <laughs> old girl was like 31. Okay. Like God, but she made fun of her. She made that her, and I was like, "What?" And at the time, I think I was like thirty, so I was like feeling away. I was getting attacked by Demi, but like then she, you know, has her paradise story with her former fiance. What was her name again? Christian. Christian, and that like I was like, okay, I kind of get where Demi's Demi is. Like I like this. And then she returned to the island again. I was like, never mind. That's the same Demi that she was before. Can't stand her. So I don't really know what to do with this girl. Moral of the story is I don't have to like her. None of us have to like her. But if she's autistic, the way that she presented, if she's autistic, she presented the facts and she's like, I'm working through this. And like, I have, you know, questions. You have questions. I'm just trying to learn this part of myself. I respect that. I think that's great. She said, all I want is to have a better quality of life. I will share more on my story of my evaluation and how I got to this point and all my pain and struggles along the way. I want to make sure anyone who is or was feeling like me can know you really are alone. It can get better. And it's not, most importantly, it isn't your fault. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> again, like I was like, maybe, maybe she'll figure out some stuff and like, she'll be a nicer person. <laughs> Because I saw somebody was commenting and they were like, she was really terrible to Mari on the island. And they were like, maybe, well, maybe she'll be better now. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I respect her for telling the public about this. I respect her for posting all that information so that people can learn. Um, Yeah, I I was surprised though. I was really surprised because I was like, what? But then again, you know, like I said, you can't be, you can't expect all autism to look a certain way because it doesn't. Yeah. So uh, I have another story I want to follow up on. Yes. A while back, we talked about how Blake Horseman is apparently dating Jeannie Nijabelli of the first season of Love is Blind. Yes. I'd like to follow up with, she spent Valentine's Day near his home in Vail, Colorado. And there were several comments, uh, a couple from her show said, this makes me so happy, cannot wait to meet him. Someone else said, as I told you, your energies match, so of course it just makes sense. Victoria P commented, my heart's, my heart, and then said, my heart's, and then the S is capitalized to make it make it clear that she knows what's happening. Victoria B, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. uh, some of these got likes. Hers got 12. The first two uh, comments got 285 likes and 216. Hers got 12 because nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody cares. 
I mean, I guess if you think about it, 220,000 people care because that's how many people follow her, but that's a lot. But uh, so, yeah, I just want to follow up that it seems pretty obviously that they are still together and that's a few weeks. I just saw that they, what she posted from the area around where he lives on Valentine's Day. Well, on the 15th, but obviously, mm-hmm. if she's finding the location that she was there the night before, presumably. <coughs> so I just want to follow up with that. Yeah. Blake Horseman. Man. Everybody really liked that guy. I really liked him. And now I just don't care. I just don't care. I don't really care either. Before we get back, I want to remind everybody. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody that we are giving away two more pairs of tickets. Sure are, guys. For The Bachelor live on stage in St. Louis, Missouri at the Fabulous Fox Theater. So thank you once again to The Fabulous Fox and The Bachelor live on stage for giving us these two more pairs of tickets. We gave away four when it was supposed to happen in 2020. Literally the week before. It was like, we were like, yeah, we're going to go on Friday night. We did our giveaway, I think, that Monday morning or something, because it was, like, right at the end of the season. Yeah. I don't know what season it was now, but I just remember it was ending. We were going to do the, you know, we did the drawing. We are like, all right, and we'll see you guys on Friday or Saturday, whatever it was. And then it was like, hey, yeah, no. The world is shutting down, actually. No one's going. No one's going. So two of those people, unfortunately either can't or no longer want to attend. So we're getting, fortunately for you all out there. Fortunately for you guys, especially for our newer listeners who weren't able to participate the first time. Yeah. Uh, so just the rules are the same as last time. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, and on one of those social medias, post tag who you would want to take with you in the post about the event. Yup. Yeah, just, yeah. Tell us who you want to take. Be like, I want to go to Bachelor Live on stage. Tell us, tell us anything. Tell us if you want to win, you know, comment about something about this episode. But yeah, we're going to do the drawing and we're going to do that on our 100th episode next week. Next week, which is very exciting. So if you like drop us a line and you tell us, you tag whoever you want to take, and then next week, you're just like, mm, whatever. No, you got to listen to the episode or you won't get your tickets. I'm kidding. We'll tell you. We'll tell you. But still, you guys, you'll have to listen to now. Yes. Uh, so you'll need to make sure to follow us on both social medias and then tag who you want to take in the comments and let us know who you want to take to see Andrew S., at the Fabulous Fox, Mark, Andrew S. and Becca Kufrin at the Fabulous Fox on March 19th. That's right. Wait, Andrew S., is he co-hosting? So each, so then, so there were seven guys that were announced and each of them are taking a leg of the trip to help co-host with Becca. Okay. So there, there was like Rick and Rodney and Ivan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we... We're lucky enough in St. Louis portion of the trip to get Andrew S. So that'll be very exciting to have him there at the Fabulous Fox on the 19th with us. I'm going to try to get a date with him, to be honest, guys. <laughs> really busy, but go for it. You Did never you... know. 
it'll be the day after my birthday. So I'll still have my birthday energy, my big birthday energy. So did you see Clay Harbor's tweet on Monday night? No. He said, hey, Teddy, date my cousin with two with two uh, with the two eyes looking to the side. Oh, oh, this is interested in Teddy. That'd be cute. Listen, Teddy is a hot commodity. She's another one. She's going to be on the island. I'm sure. And she's adorable. She's adorable. She, okay. Spicy take though, just came up with this. Her and Susie on the island, literally just like parallel universe versions of Serena P and Hannah B. (laughs) You never went to the island though. Well, I mean, Hannah showed up that one time just to talk to Demi for like five seconds. Yeah, and then she left. <laughs> right. But like, that's what their Bachelor Nation parallel universe is. Like, they're looking at them and they're like, what is that? Is that me through like a, a mirror dimly lit? Like, what's what's happening? Like, Since when are Serena P and Hannah be friends? <laughs> right. What? Exactly. So. And also... What happened to Joe? Like, why, why is Serena P back? Why is, what's going on? And she's like, that's not me, guys. <laughs> so, right, heading back to the episode, uh, we start our second group date. We are joined by Dr. Catherine. <laughs> she, inform, she informs the ladies that... I have snorted three times on this episode laughing. I just wanted to say that. I can't with this thing. Uh, we are introduced to Dr. Catherine, who says that Vienna is the birthplace of Sigmund Freud and the hometown of modern psychotherapy. It's also a really great Billy Joel song. Just a, just a little fun fact thrown in there. Anyway. She says that psychotherapy is the unveiling of the deepest layers of fears, emotions, and anxieties. And I actually gonna- liked this date. I mean, it would be terrifying. But I liked it for, I liked watching it as a viewer. I hated it. <laughs> whole thing. You hated the whole thing. What was that? What was there not to hate? I liked it. I like it. But I, again, to quote Sarah, I love therapy. <laughs> I love it. I love the whole process of it. You know, I love the human mind. So... I don't know. When they were doing this, I was like, ooh, we're gonna, we're gonna learn some stuff. We're gonna learn how Genevieve can't bust down those walls and she's not doing anything or saying anything because she's like, I don't want to do or say anything. Yeah. Genevieve lets us know that I've never been to therapy for a reason because I don't like talking about things that make me upset and crying. Same girl, same. Uh, maybe you should see therapy about that, Genevieve. Maybe you should uh-huh. see therapy about that. But unfortunately. Fortunately for her, Gabby has the uh, the pleasure of going first. Clayton Clayton thanks her for becoming more vulnerable emotionally, and uh, she tells Gabby tells the therapist about the psychoanalyst. I'm just going to call her psychoanalyst because I have no proof that she's a therapist. Yeah, it's kind of right because, like, what if we just find out that she's just like an actress? No, I, th- I think it's more likely that we she's a professor at a college, not a licensed therapist, not a licensed counselor, just teaches psycho- psychoanalysis. No, she's probably, she's probably, she's probably a doctor, like a real psycho- psychologist. I think she's a doctor. I just don't know if she's a therapist. 
Yeah. I'm gonna what's her name? What's her name? I'm gonna Google her. <laughs> All we have is they did not put her name on the screen. What? They, I watched it twice to see if I could I missed it. They never put her name on the screen. Okay, that's dumb. Dr. Catherine. It's just Dr. Catherine. They said they said her they said her last name on the show. I couldn't get it. Okay. Hang on. Google. Right, you digging and I'll talk about Gabby. Okay. So Gabby tells Dr. Catherine about the her history with her mom and says that she so she suggests that Gabby needs a very stable relationship. Well, no. Of course she needs a very stable relationship. Everyone needs a very stable relationship. Right. Right. I told Gabby that. Right. I took psych 101 and like a normal psych. I could have told Abby. I could have told Gabby that. Oh, you have difficulties with your mother? You might want to have a stable relationship with your husband then. I did think that that was kind of dumb. I did think that also Gabby used the best. Her her therapy session was the best because she actually articulated as best she could the things that she had gone through. And like, I feel like that was what he was after. But like, this is, I wouldn't have, I would, I would have legitimately left. I'm not, first of all, unless I think I've won the season, uh-huh. I'm not doing this with you on national television in front of everybody. I'm not, do- I'm just not doing it. I mean, it is true. Cause once I start getting into the deep stuff, like we saw what happened with, um, I, I always, I always bring this up, Jason on Clara season, when they did that, like homework on the first date, yeah. that was something that was too deep for a first date getting to know you when you're doing like something a, like a therapist kind of homework activity yeah so yeah uh so and then Clayton says he believes that he can give Gabby the security and stability that she needs even though she's obviously not winning nope uh next is Teddy uh, we don't really get to see a lot of information about the Teddy date because we cut back to Genevieve, who is very unhappy about this whole thing. She says, I don't like talking about my feelings, so I try to I try to kind of put put so I try to kind of put of it put it off as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Catherine is, urges her to express her feelings. And then she just kind of like she just shuts down. She she shut down hard. Side note, I couldn't find anything about Dr. Catherine. Because she's not a real therapist. Right? Like, I'm like, I can't find her. She's not a real therapist. What is, I don't think she's an actress. I think she might be a professor, which means she has a doctorate to teach psycho, psychoanalysis, but is not a therapist. Because a real therapist... She has to have been a therapist in order to... A therapist would not do this date. Unlike <laughs> therapist of any repute would not participate <laughs> ridiculousness uh, would not participate in this charade of a therapy session it is really it is really bad and they would not give the vague and intrusive opinions that she gave at the end of this right That's- when she was like mm, some of them are genuine some is performative bye <laughs> That's not the behavior of a real therapist, of, of a person who's not only trained, but understands the, the impact those kind of words 
and Thos can share. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, if you thought that you were being helpful in any of those sessions, the line that you dropped at the end, you just totally undid everything. Because then those girls are like, was it me? Like, was it? Why would she think? You know, and she's just like, she could have told him that in private. Yeah. <laughs> it was not, none of that was acceptable. No, it wasn't. It was it's like Dr. Phil. It's like Dr. Phil. Is any of what he does acceptable? I mean, at least he's a licensed, isn't he a licensed therapist? He was. I think his license has ran out. Okay, well. Like, now he's just yelling at people on TV. <laughs> but, uh, so eventually, Genevieve says that it's hard to talk about her feelings because she doesn't often even know what they are or understand them. Then, I guess, at this point, Clayton has said, okay, I've broken her enough for somebody that I have no intention of even keeping after this week. I'm going to go ahead and let her go now. He was like, Genevieve, can we talk outside? You got to go. Bye. <laughs> because I didn't want to ever put pressure on you because I understand how challenging this entire environment can be. But I mean, hometowns are next week and I really wanted to get like to the point of feeling comfortable doing that. And she was just like, yeah, okay. Because that's how stressed Genevieve was about not saying anything, about not letting her walls down. He sent her home and she was like, that's fine. I'm, I gotta go. I gotta leave the country now. Yeah. Uh, so they start to walk away. Clayton says, it's really hard for me to see meeting your family when I'm not able to see what's inside the walls. That's because you've taken no time to get to know her. You've known her for two days and you took her to a therapy session on national television. She's been on group dates and a painful two-on-one with Shanae. And you expect her to meet her family next week? I mean, that's, when you put it that way, that's so true. I mean, she's got very little time with Clayton. And even she knew in her mind, she goes, I'm not going anywhere. Why why am I going to dig deep for this man if I know I'm not going Mm-hmm. If I know I'm going home. Yeah. Like, why Why would you do that? Why would you tell him your deepest, darkest secrets in front of a camera and then be like, well, you know everything about me, but now I'm not going to ever see you again. Yeah. I have some stuff to work on. That's for sure. And if all she gets out of this is maybe I need to be better for the next relationship then I guess it was not wasted. No. No, because that's always a good thing to realize about yourself. It's like, hey, I got to work on this. And she was faced with it head on. Like, because yeah. she, she shut down hard. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. So Rachel is up next. Rachel tells Dr. Catherine it's been really difficult. And she says that Ra- uh, she believes that Clayton will make the best decision for him. And what a lame phone in line. And what else is she supposed to say? I don't know. She's uh he's but Clayton says that he's worried that the pressure of watching him date other women is a lot for Rachel. Oh yeah. Everybody. Rachel's sensitive though, you can tell. Oh yeah, she's super sensitive. We thought Gabby crying (laughs) like during all that fighting. We thought that was rough. I think Rachel's probably like. I don't know. Yeah, she's really sensitive. 
Uh, so we cut back to the uh, we come back to the main lobby area where we have Sarah, who's visibly excited for this. Okay, the- this is the moment for me that I was like, Sarah, shut up. She says, I love therapy because I like talking about my problems to someone and my connection to Clayton is really good. I can't believe her. I can't believe her. Like I say, I love therapy. I totally do. I respect the profession through and through. I did. I always say I have half a master's degree in professional counseling because I changed my mind after the first year. I have one more year left. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Whatever. But I love it. However, I do not enjoy the process myself. I hate it. I hate it. It's hard. It's great. And, you know, it's like, it's needed, but I hate going through the process myself. Sarah is like, put me through the process. Let me talk about the things. Let me talk about my problems. Nobody's like that. Well, I think Sarah's favorite thing to talk about is Sarah. Yes. I was like, Sarah, girl, what? You need therapy just to talk about what you just did. Why are you like that? Uh, So she sits down with Clayton and Dr. Catherine, and she immediately starts praising the idea of therapy, says it's a tool to examine herself and find ways to be better. Uh, Dr. Catherine goes straight uh, straight for the big question, have you ever felt judged by Clayton or some of the other girls? And then she she just goes right into it. She says, this past week has been really hard on me. She starts to cry, because of course she does. Says, some people were insinuating that I just think I'm absolutely getting engaged at the end. It's really, really hurtful, you know? And then uh, Clayton says he feels really good about where he and Sarah stand, and since they pushed through the drama last week. Yup. Uh, we catch up at the end of at the end of this. Dr. Catherine tells Clayton and the girls that some of them were honest and some of them were not honest. They were, it's called performative. Performative. Everybody's like, what? Well, who could that have been? And meanwhile, Sarah's just like, not me. <laughs> I aced therapy. Right. I nailed this. Rachel says, I think it's I think she's a little surprised by what she said, but hopefully it's obvious to him. He's going to have some questions, and me, Gabby, and Teddy are going to have to be honest. Here we go. And then Clayton, Clayton tells us to think that someone is putting on an act is very scary at this point in the journey. So if there's anything that you all know that I'm not seeing, I would like to know. He pulls Rachel first. Rachel tells Rachel tells him about when Sarah came home from the first one-on-one and shared a few too many details about her, about the date with Rachel and Teddy. I was so confused when he, she said that she, she as in Rachel or not Rachel, Sarah said that they cried together and that, okay, here's the deal. Do you think that Clayton would have zoned in so hard had she not claimed that he cried? That and the fact that the one person, the first person he talks to is obviously going to be one of his favorites. Yeah. And his favorite at the date 
for sure since Susie's not there. We don't really know where they ran amongst each other, but mm-hmm. Susie's not there. Mm-hmm. So I think if Rachel is feeling the way that she's feeling, then that and the fact that she just straight up lied about him crying. He was like, she said I cried? <laughs> yeah. Rachel says, she told us the details of the whole day. We had saying we have this connection and you guys are going and that you guys were crying together. Me and Teddy were like, I don't know how we're ever going to like get there with him. And then Clayton says, she said I cried. <laughs> and said there's Rachel's no Rachel's like, uh, did you hear anything else I said though? <laughs> and he's like, hang on though, I didn't cry. He was very upset about that. So by now, at this point, Rachel's crying. Mm-hmm saying how she feels Sarah's manipulating the other women in an effort to get them to pull away. Uh, Gabby shares the same thoughts in her conversation with, with Clayton, saying this has been going on for weeks now and no one's brought it up. And then Teddy confirms what both of those ones are saying. And then finally Clayton has to talk to, talk to Sarah. Oh man, this is my favorite. This was the absolute best because Sarah, if ever there was a time that little Sarah needed to call upon her tears that she is so easily drawn from that well of tears, it did not happen at this moment. We as we've learned, as we'll realize in a minute, the proverbial and physical well have run dry. I mean, this girl, when I looked at her face, I looked at her face and she was squinting. She was doing that weird, like her cheeks were up, you know, and it was like any minute now, any minute now, any yeah. minute now. And then she just ended up looking constipated. But <laughs> I was like, what, what, what's going on? What's going on, girl? But yeah, she gives a list of like why she couldn't understand why they were saying these things about her. She's got close friends in the house. And I'm like, but why would such a small group of women lie you know why would if they're if they're your best friends right why would they be like this is actually how she makes me feel yeah so let's cover the conversation uh clayton says i've been hearing that women in the house have felt uncomfortable and wanted to leave based on what you were what they were hearing from you they felt that you they felt that there was no chance like you and i had extremely strong connection where like I had already made my decision. Oh girl, that's a lot coming at you for sure. If like, if the dude I'm trying to date comes at me with something like that and says that, I'd be like, okay, like what do you do, you know? But she just, she, She instead of saying things like, you know what? I apologize if I've made anybody feel terrible about themselves, you know? I, I'm confident in our connection because I'm confident in our connection, yeah. you know? And if I made anybody feel bad about that, wasn't my intention. Instead, she just started doing a lot of weird whining. <laughs> he says, I've been, I've been a sounding board for them. I've listened to them when they've cried and I've celebrated when they were happy. But when it comes to me, I'm not allowed to feel anything. <laughs> I thought that was so great Um, because then, yes, she says, I thought about leaving too, because I guess she thought that that was such a successful line, 
you know, um, she been threatening, threatening to remove herself. Like Clayton would be like, no, don't go home. Instead, Clayton surprised us in the craziest way. He actually made a firm, clear cut decision. He didn't need to go off screen to talk to the producers. So he says, I'm just going to be real with you. I really feel like you were trying to fake cry to me. It didn't feel genuine at all. And I think we're done. That was, okay, that moment when he said that, I felt like that was the genuine Clayton. Yeah. Like he was speaking from the heart. He wasn't going from a script. He wasn't like, what should I say now, guys? What should I do now? How do we handle this? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like it wasn't any of that. He was just like, girl, shut up. You lying. (laughs) Go home. Yeah. Uh, So Sarah heads home. He tells the rest of the girls that I want to make sure that I'm taking the time to make the right decision. And he does not give out another rose. And then we head to Serene's second one-on-one. Yup. Serene. Like, Sarah, just watching Sarah drive home, too. And she's like, oh, I'm blindsided. I just didn't see that coming. Can I walk you out? Like, she tried to even pull the, like, can we have a conversation before I leave? Like, she tried, like, one last-ditch effort. She, like, she did not go out, like, quietly. She was like, I just, I just don't understand. Tried to call upon the tears again. Even when she was in the car, she wasn't crying. Yeah. It was weird. I was like, wow, you've done a lot of crying. You know, last week she cried a lot. But I think she, last week she must have cried because she got semi-caught. That's what I think. Maybe. So we get to... Serene's date. This wasn't really anything. They go on a carriage ride, snack on some roasted chestnuts. They watch old people dancing. (laughs) They dance next to an old couple. They have have dinner at the Belvedere Palace. Can I just say, though, were you not expecting the old couple to then sit at a table with them and be like, how long have you guys been together? And they'd be like, oh, actually, we've been together for two weeks. And then they do the whole, like, how long have you been together? And they're like, we've been together for 84 years. I was waiting for that entire conversation. I think it happened. But this date happened. This date started with about 30 minutes left in the episode. So they had. We got to cut this. About a segment and a half. If that. I was like, I'm tired of them feeding me false old people every single Every single season. So they, they move swiftly through Serene's date. Sure do. It's a rose before the cocktail party. She tells me I'm falling in love with you. And Clayton says, wow, I cannot tell you how happy that makes me to hear that. And then they kiss in front of the famous printing painting, The Kiss. And we move on to our cocktail, to our rose ceremony. I love Serene. I think she's so pretty. And right, I don't think that they're going to end up together. Um, but <coughs> yeah, I think that she's wonderful. Yeah, she's great. Another catch on the island. Mm-hmm. So we had to the rose ceremony. At this point, we have already have roses for Serene and for Susie. Mm-hmm. All that are left are uh, so yeah, Susie and Serene have they have roses, and that just leaves Clayton, uh, Rachel, 
Gabby and Teddy. And then unfortunately we give a we give the rose to Rachel, which is obvious because Rachel yeah. was, was the yeah. only mama was not Rachel. There was a no-brainer. Uh Jesse lets us know that it's the final rose. <laughs> Jesse, who only has one line per season. I could be the host. You could be the host. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, ABC could save so much money by just using us. <laughs> for sure. I would do it for so much less than every year. Right. I'd be like $50. Okay. <laughs> $50 every time I say this is the final rose. Okay. Right. Uh, and then he gives the final rose to Gabby, sending Teddy home. This were was- you were you surprised? It was heartbreaking. Okay, because Teddy came in um, first impression, guns a-blazing, you know? She was hot. Like, she was like, okay, every time they every time they saw each other, they were all in. Like, you and I were like, could they wrap up the show? Like, has he found the one? And then she went the route of Abigail. It just kind of fizzled i mean she had her one-on-one last week after the whole shanae debacle which took way too long with that two-on-one do you think it had to do with the information that she shared on her one-on-one that might have been like the nail in the coffin that's exactly what i said quote verbatim it's exactly what i texted <laughs> because my mom texted me it was like do you think it's because she said <laughs> that she's a virgin and i said oh, I think it's the final nail in the coffin. Uh, he certainly handled it poorly. Sure did. Sure did. With the, I would never, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. I never would have thought. <laughs> you should think less about who's a virgin who's not your weirdo. Right. Like, like what? Clean what? But, uh, oh. Poor Teddy, though. That sucks. But unfortunately, Teddy went home and we have our four hometown date contestants. We have uh, Gabby, we have Rachel, we have Susie, and we have Serene. Gabby, Rachel, Susie, and Serene. Gabby, Rachel, Susie, and Serene. I need to think about this. Gabby, for me, I think the order is Rachel, Susie, and it doesn't matter. Mm, I. Oh, if you don't I, have Susie, you're doing this wrong. If what? Rachel, Susie got one and two, you're doing this wrong. Oh, no. Rachel's definitely, Rachel is definitely, she's definitely one of my picks. Um, Susie, yeah, I'm going to go with Susie. I'm going to go with Serene, Cabby goes home. They'll be, yeah, they wouldn't, I don't think that would be super surprising. Mm-hmm. Because that connection with him and Serene, like, he just seems to really, like, there's something about her that he wants more of. Yeah, I get that, for sure. I think that that is something that he is definitely like, oh, whoa, okay. I got this, you know, or like, I want, I just want to be with her. She's very mysterious to him. Um, he's like, I, I, I got you these like fireflies in a jar. Like he did something sweet for her. Yeah. You know? 
Gabby, I think that he thinks she's funny. I think that she's fun and she's adorable. Um, and he likes her story because she's vulnerable to yeah. him, you know, and she's honest. Yeah. I don't think I see it going past anything else. Fair. Like, yeah. I think there's fireworks at least with Rachel and Serene. I don't know if there are fireworks with Susie. I think he wants there to be. Also not disagreeing. <laughs> so, yeah. I think now here comes the he's going to hook up with everybody. <laughs> now we're we're running into a wild card territory that, like, apparently, as Mike Fleiss said, which we didn't talk about in our news notes, but Mike Fleiss announced during during the Monday episode, first of all, he's like, something historic is going to happen. I'm going to announce something historic. See, get out of here, Mike Fleiss. Oh, my get goodness. You're going to announce something historic that hasn't happened in two years because it happened on Peter season? Right. Like, I thought he was just going to be like, happy President's Day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I hate but that. He, I hate on Twitter. He's, he's always doing stuff like that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but, and I love how everybody was like, when they saw Mike Fleiss's tweet, they're like, yeah, I hear with this. Like, nobody, everybody's like, boo, go home, Mike Fleiss. <laughs> but Mike Fleiss is straight up like, um, it ain't over. What did he say? Like, it ain't over until the... the- it, he said it ain't over till it's over and it's not over. So it's basically over. Saying that the season, you may know some information, but the fin- the finale is unspoiled because it's not over yet. Basically. So many people in the comments are straight up like, does he pull a Peter? And then somebody else asked, did he also sleep with all of Peter's women? You know, like everybody is just like, what? Peter himself has come out of his hiding. Like, oh, I wish he was in hiding, actually. Like, he, so he's not in hiding. That's the problem. But he is like, I think Clinton's going to end up by himself. Shut up. Like, even Brad Womack is like, get out of here with that. Like, so that is that is in a few weeks. Uh, we'll get to see what seems to be at this point a crazy ending because Nick Voss says he's unspoiled, but he's heard people say that the ending is crazy. Okay, in the previews, did you watch the previews? I watched it this time. I saw it. You didn't watch the previews? I didn't watch it. I've seen I've seen what they have to show us enough. I'm good. Okay. Would it spoil something if I said a line from the previous? I would prefer you not. Dang it! Gosh. You can uh, talk okay. To you about your about your previews. That's fine. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna watch. I didn't watch them this week. I'm not gonna watch them next week. I will be strong these last few weeks. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. That's that's good because the previews are what got me in, like really in. Because I was like Clayton. Why would we pick Clayton? This is dumb. Those children. Those those children lied. The producers wrote those notes. And those children just had to sign their names. Nobody thinks that he's genuine. Whatever. We don't even know him. Then I saw the hot mess of the previews. And I was like, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. It's going to be crazy. So you can follow us. So we mentioned earlier our giveaway. To make sure you sign up for the giveaway, you'll need to be following us on Twitter at Right Reasons Pod, following us on Instagram at Podcasting for the Right Reasons. Make sure you tag who you want to take. You can also follow us on TikTok at right underscore reasons underscore pod and support us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcasting for the right reasons. Ernie, until next week, I will talk to you later.
All right. And you guys, you guys, somebody's going to be a winner next week. So tune in. We got a couple winners next week, and next week is the 100th episode. Yay! We'll see all that. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.